to better understand the Bible? How can you grow as a Christian and find personal peace? What happens at the second coming of Jesus? What is the relevance of Bible prophecy today? How do you identify a cult? What happens when you die? Here is your opportunity to find answers to these and many other questions by exploring 30 not only relevant, but life-changing topics that await your discovery. Welcome to Search for Certainty. I'm your host today, Gail Fong, and we're so glad you can join us. With me today in the studio is Hannah Nakagawa. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you, Gail. Well, today we're going to study our greatest need, new lifestyle. Some time ago, the president of the American Medical Association was addressing a large group of heart specialists in New York City. He began his speech with these words, America's greatest need is for a new lifestyle. Even a casual look at health habits of a majority of Americans indicates these words are indeed true. Degenerative diseases directly related to faulty habit patterns are on the rise. Heart disease, stroke, cancer and diabetes have soared to epidemic proportions in the United States and I'm sure in many Western countries. That's true. There is a close relationship between our physical well-being and our spiritual well-being. God is deeply interested in our physical health. The Apostle John states it succinctly, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's from Third John, verse 2. It's only one chapter. The book of Revelation clearly teaches that God's message of physical health is a significant part of his last day message for the world. Well, before we begin, Hannah, would you open with prayer as we find the answers to this amazing topic in God's Word? Sure, let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for uh, bringing us here together and open the Bible and learn from you, Lord. And today we'll talk about our greatest need, our new lifestyle. And Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us into the truth and uh, lead us and give us understanding. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Hannah. Well, to begin this study, we're going to look in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 7. And our question is, what specific instruction does God give in Revelation 14, 7 that includes our total lifestyle? Thank you, Hannah. Sure, it says, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. So Hannah, it's fearing God and giving glory to him and worshiping him. So giving glory to God includes a complete commitment mm. of our physical, mental and spiritual natures to God. It involves a commitment of our entire being. Wow. Well, how do we give glory to God? Does it give does giving glory to God have anything to do with our physical health habits? We've got a couple of verses from Corinthians to to look up there. First Corinthians chapter six, verse nineteen and twenty. 
The Bible says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Wow, Hannah. So our body is, God wants to dwell in us through the Holy Spirit Mm. so that we can give glory to him. Yes. Wow. What about 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31? It says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Wow. Very comprehensive. Yes. Not only just... um, you know, we tend to think spiritual thing is just like, you know, just like a few things. But whatever we do, we can do it all the glory to God. Amen. The Christian life, as you were saying, Hannah, involves the whole person. Mm. It includes the entire surrender of our bodies to God. Holiness is wholeness for God. Amen. Wow. Well, they're very powerful verses, those ones. We're looking now in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. What earnest appeal does the Apostle Paul make regarding our bodies? It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Mm. So presenting our bodies a living sacrifice. sacrifice. Mm. Sounds like he was relating it to, they would have understood about um, blood sacrifices mm. as they had burnt offerings and sin offerings mm. and uh, those type of offerings where they would bring an animal sacrifice. But here it was the whole person coming as a living sacrifice. Yes. So willing to surrender all that we are mm. to God, to be used in his service. Amen. Mm. Jesus, um, next verse also said, Do not be confirmed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind, that you may prove what it is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we are not to be confirmed with a um, worldly idea, worldly way of living, but we'll be renewed and changed by the Spirit day by day and renewed by Him. I like that, Hannah. Mm. And I like the thought too that as it brings out its the mind Mm. because it's a mind that controls the body that is true the choices Mm. that we make amen well will the group awaiting jesus surrender all their physical habits to him first thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23 it says Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Interesting, Hannah. Sanctify you completely, the God of peace himself. Mm. So God desires us to be healthy and Jesus came to give us life in super Abundance. Amen. Wants to set us aside for holiness mm. in this very corrupt world. Well, that's uh, if you read for us John 10, verse 10, Hannah. Sure. Where Jesus came to give us that abundant life. It says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. 
I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus came as a, a give us abundant life for us. That's such an amazing thing because、mm. I do think that everyone would love to have、mm. just a super abundant life.、Mm. And here Jesus is offering it. That is true. Well, Jesus invites us to give up. Whatever physical practices destroys our health and clouds our minds. Well, what does the Bible teach about the use of intoxicating drinks and alcoholic beverages? Does God have any counsel here? Let's go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1. Yes. To begin, it says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a Railer, and wh- whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Wow, that's a pretty <laughs> strong word. <laughs> that's right. The wisest man, Solomon,、um, said that this is not wise to be led astray with、wow. wine.、Mm-hmm. He goes on in Proverbs chapter 23, and Hannah, if you'd read verse、uh, 29 to 35. Sure. It says, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine, do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it、um, swills around smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and strings like a viper. Your eye will see strange things, and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, or like one who lies at the top of the mast, saying, They have stuck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? Oh, my. Wow. It's interesting, Hannah. Some Christians drink moderately and see little harm in it.、Mm. But the Bible clearly teaches that wine is a mocker. Yes. It deceives you. Two out of every five people who begin drinking, that's 40%,、mm. end up having serious problems with alcohol. Wow, that is a quite high number, high rate. It is, isn't、mm. it? Are people who drink moderately capable of discerning when they have drunk too much? Melvin Kinsley, formerly a professor at the University of Southern South Carolina, clearly demonstrated that even moderate drinking destroys thousands of brain cells.、Mm. It affects conscience, reason, and judgment. In this crisis hour of history, God's people need the clearest minds to make the wisest decisions. Think of the social benefits of abstinence from alcohol. Quitting alcohol would dramatically reduce absenteeism in the workplace, fatal car accidents, and multiple marriage problems. Alcohol is often the port of entry for the use of mind altering drugs and other illegal substances. Kinsley's advice is sound. He unashamedly says the only way to deal with alcohol is to quit it cold.、Mm. Seems very harsh, but it's very effective. That is true. We were to follow that advice. Well, what clear warning does God give that applies to those who 
defile their bodies by alcohol, drugs or tobacco, we turn to the New Testament, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. Let's see what is written in that passage. Sure, it says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Similar to what you read earlier, Mm. Hannah, isn't it? So being God's temple, he wants us to take care of our bodies. That's right. It's not our own body. In the previous verse, we read that God bought us at a price. Yes. Mm. Amen. He's paid that price for our redemption. That's right. We need to take care. (laughs) Revelation 21 and verse 27. This is a very important verse as well, Hannah. Sure. It says, But they shall by no means enter at anything that defiles or causes an um, abomination or lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Mm. Nothing that defiles or causes abomination would enter the kingdom of heaven. So it's important to God. He wants us to have that abundant joy here Mm. so he can take us to abundant joy in heaven. Blessings forevermore. What was the original diet given to human beings by God? Did God have an original diet? We must go to the book of beginnings, to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 29 to begin. It says, And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for you. Hmm. So that was the diet given in the Garden of Eden. That's right. Before there was any sin that had Hmm. begun on planet earth. So seeds... And fruit-yielding seeds. What about Hannah reading Genesis 2.16? 2.16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Well, imagine <laughs> all the trees that are on planet Earth that you can eat fruit from in one place. Yes. <laughs> Not separated by oceans. Mm. The original diet that God gave to Adam and Eve was fruits. Nuts, grains, and vegetables. Our first parents and their children ate the healthful, life-giving, natural products of the earth. It was not until the time of the flood that God gave Noah permission to eat meat. So moving on to having a look at that, how many classes of animals did Noah bring into the ark, Hannah? Genesis chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. It says, you shall take the, uh, take with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female, two each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female. Also, seven each of birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of all the earth. So there were two kinds, clean animal and unclean animal. Interesting. God He segregates them. Mm. And the clean animals, as you said, Hannah, they were brought into the ark, as you read, by sevens to be used, well, as sacrifices or eaten Mm. after the flood. Mm. Now, the unclean animals, mm, 
were God's sewage disposal system. Yes. And they entered by twos. Mm. That's why the clean animal were more than unclean one, because God knew that it would be used for sacrifice or eaten. Yes. Surely if it's the same number, it would be, yeah, it's not going to be enough. So, yeah. Mm. God knew. And God knows what those animals eat. Mm. And what they eat then affects affects those that eat them. Mm. Well, how can you tell if an animal is clean or unclean? How do we know? Well, God tells us. We go to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus in the Old Testament, chapter 11, verses 1 through to 4. Sure, it says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, There are the animals which you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth. Among the animals, whatever devised the hoof, having cloven hooves, and chewing the cud, that you may eat. Nevertheless, these you shall not eat among those that choose the calf or those that have cloven hooves, the camel, because it chews the cup but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. The rock hyrax, because it chews the cup but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. So, Hannah, the animal must chew the cud? Yes. And have a cloven foot? Yeah. Not one without the other? That's right. It needs to have both of them. So are pigs clean or unclean? What does God say regarding the swine or pigs? Let's read Leviticus 11, reading on verse 7 and 8. Yes, it says, And the swine, though it divides a hoof, having cloven hooves, yet does not chew the cut, is unclean to you. Their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcasses you shall not touch. They are unclean to you. Well, it's very clear, isn't mm. it? God's counsel applies to all pork products, including bacon, ham, pork-based sandwich meats. Pork is extremely high in fat, contributing to coronary artery disease. Eating contaminated pork products is a well-established cause of trichinosis, if I've said that, if I've pronounced that correctly. Bacon and ham cured with nitrates are seriously suspect as a contributing factor to cancer. The scientific evidence in favour of God's diet is continually growing in the 21st century. Well, some examples of clean meat, beef, deer, lamb, chicken, and some examples, Hannah, of unclean meats. Camel, hose and pigs and all pork products, including bacon, pork, hot dog, ham. Mm. Wow. This may be very new <laughs> to consider and think on these things. Well, um, it's interesting, though, when I went back to Japan, um, my sister worked as a, um, a doctor, and I was telling her about um, I'm a vegetarian and she actually said that's good for you and I was like really she said especially pork it's not good for you and I was like you don't know like she doesn't she's not Christian she doesn't know anything about this um, principle but she agreed <laughs> because of her um, medical background as well 
Wow, that's so interesting. Mm. Thank you for sharing that, Hannah. What general principles does God give regarding seafood? Leviticus 11, 9 through to 11. It says, These you may eat of all that are in the water. Whatever in the water has fins and scales, whether in the seas or in the rivers, that you may eat. But all in the seas or in the rivers that do not have fins and scales, all that moves in the water or any living thing which is in the water, they are an abomination to you. Verse 11, they shall be an abomination to you. You shall not eat their flesh, but you shall regard their carcasses as an abomination. So God's word declares that any living creature in the sea without fins and scales is unclean. Mm. Wow. All shellfish such as crabs, clams, oysters, shrimp and lobsters are scavengers. Mm. They are unclean since the God who made our bodies desires us to be in health. He's given us these instructions to preserve our health. Amen. That's what they eat. What amazing promise did God make to Israel if they followed his principles of health in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26? It says... And said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the disease on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. That's a very powerful statement. That Amen. God will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians by following health principles. Mm. There's incredible evidence that the Egyptians were dying of heart disease, cancer, diabetes, obesity, and sexually transmitted diseases. Mm. Following God's principles of health made a dramatic difference for Israel, and following them will make a difference for us as well. Well, Hannah, what does the Bible say will happen to those who continue to rebel against God, defiling their bodies in certain respects, although they know better. Mm. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 66 and verse 17, it says, Those who sanctify themselves and purify themselves to go to the gardens after an idol in the midst, eating swine's flesh and abomination in the mouths, shall be consumed together says the Lord. It's very strong. Mm. So for those who know and when we don't put it into practice, Mm. we can fall into great trouble. Mm, That's true. And this was actually, God was saying this to his people Mm. who actually had given the health principles to. Who who knows the principle, who are following, but who did not fully give their body to him. Yes, Mm. that's so true, Hannah. What Bible principles does God give to those who desire victory over physical habits that have defeated them for years? Philippians 4 verse 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. I love that promise. Yes. (laughs) We can claim that promise. Yeah, that's right. 
But where does all-powerful victory come from and how do I receive it? We go to the Gospel of John, John chapter 1 and verse 12. The Bible says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Amen. So as many as receive him. Yes. So although we may feel weak, and we are weak, Mm. in Christ, we are strong. God's promise is sure. The power of Christ is stronger than our physical desires and cravings. In Jesus, we can be overcomers because he overcame in his life here on planet Earth when he came and lived and died and rose again. Whatever our physical craving or habit, however great your desire or inclination, you can have victory in Christ. Heaven's power is available for us today. Amen. Our Lord may not take your craving or taste away immediately, but if you trust him, relying on his promise, his promise is he will give you the victory. Amen. God promises to give us supernatural power to overcome our unhealthful practices so that we can have victory. We've looked at, in our Bible study today, we've looked at Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But there's a few others we could look up to yes. encourage our hearts today. Mm. Hannah, if you would read for us 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Sure. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to men. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Mm, What a promise. That's a powerful promise, isn't it? Yes. God is faithful. Faithful. Mm. And so what he has said, he will carry through. And this is such a comfort Mm. when you're struggling. Yes. Hannah, what about Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16? It says... For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all point tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may be ob- we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What a comfort that is. That's right. He knows. He he's not the God who just sit back and you know watch us. He's God who is compassionate, who sympathizes our weaknesses. A throne room is always open. Yes, for us come. to come to Him. I love how we may find grace to help in our time of need. Mm. We truly need that. We need it daily. We can come to Him mm. if we're battling with uh, anything. Any, any habit that we are longing to overcome, mm. God can give us help from his throne room. He has it available for us. And uh, when we seek God, when we're choosing him, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, what does Paul call this in the Bible? 
show second Corinthians chapter five seventeen it says Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we are new creation in Christ. And that's an amazing experience mm. to fully surrender the heart to God and experience being God's new creation. Yes. That's there's, right. there's a joy that comes with that. Mm. But it's amazing that he's interested in every aspect of your life mm. as we've been studying today, even that we may prosper and be in health. Amen. So that we can hear his voice more clearly mm. to, the, to our mind. Well, Romans 8, 14 and 15 as we experience being a new creature in Christ, as we claim God's promises, what can we learn from this passage in Romans eight fourteen and 15? It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So in Jesus, our evil habits or our habits that bind us, which we long to overcome, mm. can be broken, That's are right. broken. Yes. We'll be led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Mm. Yes. And Hannah, I love this promise too in Matthew 17 and verse 20. Sure. Matthew 17 and verse 20. Yeah. So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a master seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Mm. So it may seem an impossible task or an impossible uh, thing to actually surrender some of these things that we really like, but Mm. we can see perhaps they're not the best for us. Mm. That's so true. God never asks us to um, surrender or sacrifice something that's good for us because God has the best interest for us. But we often want to hold on to things that's not good for us. But when we give up on these, God can bless us abundantly. And he will replace it with something better. Amen. Which we never imagined. Mm. Well, nothing is impossible with Christ through Jesus Christ. Yes. And when we actually are willing to surrender to God, what will we experience in 1 John 5 and verse 4? says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I love that promise. Mm. Through faith in Jesus, power, victory is certain. Mm. We just have to taste and see that the Lord is good. Claim his promises. Amen. He will not disappoint us. Mm. Hannah, It's good to make choices and decisions in life because as we do, then God will give us strength to carry through. Mm. And here we could make this choice today. And it says, I choose to surrender my body as a temple for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I choose to place into my body 
only those things which will give glory to God. I like to make that choice. Same. Me too. And I pray that though those who are listening to us today, that this may have been a revelation to you, something that you've not read in the scriptures before, but we pray that this will bless your life and that you can make these choices and decisions so that you too can experience that abundant life in Christ. Shall we pray together? Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you that you not only love us so much that you came and lived and died and rose again Mm. for our salvation, but you left with us such wonderful counsel Mm. so that we may experience abundant life now through the forgiveness of sin, but also that we may have better health. We thank you for these principles that you have given to us in the Holy Scriptures. May they bless our lives. May you help us and strengthen us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit as we make choices day by day. And Lord, where we struggle, we thank you that you have the strength to help us. We are trusting in you. Bless each one that's listening today and thank you for helping us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I've really enjoyed this topic, Anna. And Same. Thank you. Pray that we can have an abundant life in Jesus. Mm. Thank you for joining us today. We, we pray this has been a blessing to you, and we look forward to your company again. But till then, may God bless you, and may you go in peace. questions or comments about any of the programs you've heard, you can call 3ABN Australia Radio within Australia on 02 4973 3456 or from outside of Australia on country code 612 4973 3456. Our email address is radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. That is radio at the number 3 ABN Australia, all one word, dot org dot au. Our postal address is 3ABN Australia Inc, PO Box 752, Morissette, New South Wales 2264, Australia. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. I saw your substance yet unformed Knew your days before you were born Love from ages past I've sworn I hold you in my care My thoughts towards you are deep and vast More countless than the ocean sands From your first cry to your last breath Oh
Josie Minigus singing Psalm 139. And coming up next, Rosie Smith will sing Victory Song from the album A New Song Collective, Volume 1.
will now sing, If Only We Abide. Maybe sometimes you wonder why Your dreams don't realize Your plans just don't work right Oh, there are times you want to change Get rid of that vice you do Still you do it like you used to Welcome to God's Favourite Shepherds, 
a collection of 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters, with many of the stories ending with a short quiz. Listen now to the author of God's Favoured Shepherds, Bill Ackland. A Girl from Moab, A Life of Loyalty Our people are descended from Abram's nephew Lot, from his eldest daughter. Lot's family was almost wiped out in the destruction of Sodom many years ago. His wife had died because she turned around to see her home going up in flames, despite an angel warning the family not to look back. She was immediately turned into a statue of salt. Since that time, our tribe settled in the southwest part of Canaan. At this time, the people of Israel were liberated from Egypt. They were soon to enter the promised land that God had said he would give them. There was a spirit of hatred between these people and us. Our king would not let them pass through our land. When I heard the story of our nation's history, I thought our king's decision was unfair. Israel had said they would go only on the highway and not take any of our crops nor even drink our water. Sadly, our king's decision turned out very badly for us in the years ahead. When I was growing up, something unusual happened. A family came into our town from the city of Bethlehem in the province of Judah, one of the tribes of Israel. We had heard there was a severe famine in their country. This family had come to stay in our part of Moab as the famine had not extended to our area. The head of the family was Elimelech. His wife's name is Naomi. They had two sons, Marlon and Chilion. I was fascinated to learn from an elder in our village the meaning of these names. Elimelech meant, my God is king. Naomi meant, my pleasantness. Marlon meant, sickness. And Chilion meant, wasting. I was surprised to hear that the parents, whose names had lovely meanings, should give their sons such unhappy names. Incidentally, my name means compassion. Our village people soon got to know Elimelech's family, even befriending them, for they were such pleasant people to know. Sadly, not long after coming to our land, Elimelech, the father of the family, the one his family depended on to provide for them, died suddenly. Somehow they were able to survive with hard work and help from their neighbours. My friend Orpah and I were similar in age to Marlon and Chilion. We grew up together, became close friends, and as happens with young people, we fell in love and married. I married Marlon and Orpah married Chilion. However, our happiness was not to last. A short time later, both Marlon and Chilion died. We were devastated. We couldn't believe that all our plans for children and a long life together were smashed on the rocks like the breaking waves. Naomi, our mother-in-law, must have felt her loss the most, as she had not only lost her husband, but both sons as well. The family had been in Moab for only 10 years. Following this tragedy, Naomi discussed the future with the remaining members of her family, Orpah and myself her two daughters-in-law. She told us that she must return to Bethlehem, her hometown, for her family roots were there. It might even be possible 
To have returned to her, Elimelech's ancestral land, as she was part of his family. Orpah and I said we would go with her. We couldn't bear seeing her making the long journey by herself to Bethlehem in Judah. Naomi said we should stay in our own country, but we wanted to go with her. Soon after, we started on our long journey. We took a few belongings packed in bags that we could carry on our backs. A short distance down the road, Naomi told us to go back to our parents' homes and let her go on alone. I was a little surprised that Orpah decided to do that. She kissed and embraced her mother-in-law for the last time and returned to her hometown. However, I had made up my mind, regardless of what Naomi said, I remember my exact words that were, Do not urge me to leave you now, or tell me not to go with you on this journey. For wherever you go, I shall go. Where you stay, I shall stay. Your people shall become my people, and your God shall be my God. I want to die in the place where you die, and be buried there also. May the Lord punish me if I do not fulfill my promise, if anything but death comes between you and me. Naomi could see I was determined to go with her. She hugged me tightly and we walked on together. Many days later, we arrived at Naomi's hometown. The people of Bethlehem couldn't believe their eyes when they saw Naomi after being so many years away. They also wondered who was this young woman with her. Is this really Naomi, they asked. She replied, quoting the meaning of her name. Do not call me pleasantness anymore, but call me Mara, which means bitter. For I fear that God has dealt very severely with me in the deaths of my husband and my sons. When I left Bethlehem, our family was complete. But now look at me. All I have left is one precious daughter-in-law. I soon discovered that the people of Bethlehem were very kind. They provided a house for us until we could see what the future held. The first thing for me was to obtain work. Naomi was past working in the fields, gleaning at harvest time as I was about to do. Fortunately, the barley harvesting had just commenced. So I asked Naomi if I could go out and, and glean for us. She told me that she had a relative through her husband, whose name was Boaz. He was a wealthy man, and it just so happened that the part of the large field that was being reaped belonged to Boaz. This was where I started to collect the stalks of grain the reapers had left behind. Gleaning was a long-standing practice in Israel, for it provided for the poor and was required in the writings of Moses, I was told. I had not been out in the field long when Boaz came out from Bethlehem to see how the harvesting was going. He greeted his men in a kindly way and asked them about the young woman gleaning in the field he had never seen before. They told him that I was the young Moabite woman who had recently returned with Naomi. Boaz came over to where I was. I hardly dared to look at this great man. He said, My daughter, do not go into another field to glean, but stay close by the other girls who are gleaning in my field. Do not worry about the men working here, for I have told them they must not treat you unkindly in any way. He reminded me 
Not to forget, there were large water pitchers in the shelter near the field with refreshing cool water for me to drink. I was overwhelmed by this man's kindness and replied, I don't know why you have even noticed me and have spoken to me, seeing I have come from another country. Well, young lady, all of Bethlehem knows how kind you have been to Naomi, seeing you would not let her make the long journey from Moab to Bethlehem alone. You left behind your homeland and your family. Now you are working hard all through the heat of the day to provide for her and yourself. May the Lord God of Israel give you his great blessings, for you have thrown your lot in with his people. All I could say was, I hope you will always look kindly on me, my Lord, for your words have comforted me here in this strange land. Throughout the day, Boaz ensured I was well looked after. At the midday meal, he made certain that I had plenty of nourishing food to eat, ever giving me more than I needed so that I would take home plenty to Naomi. I overheard him say to his reapers to purposely drop more stalks behind for me so that I would have a good result from my day's gleaning. When I arrived home that evening, Naomi could hardly believe how much grain I had gleaned during the day. I told her that it wasn't just that I had worked hard all day, but the man who owned the field ensured that more than usual stalks were left for me to collect as I followed the reapers over the field. That is wonderful, my daughter. Whose field did you reap in? When I told her the man's name was Boaz, as she had hoped it would be, she almost was speechless. She said, Praise the Lord, for he is a near relative. God has not forgotten us after all. I didn't understand all she meant in what she said at that time, but I soon learnt how much this man was to be part of my future. The barley was soon harvested, and not long after, the wheat was also ready to harvest. This gave me many weeks of work, and I was able to gather sufficient grain to last until the next harvest. While I was still gleaning, Naomi told me what I should do to work out her plans to secure my future and to ensure the law of the relative redeemer was put in place. This was very much a part of the culture of Israel. It ensured the preservation of ancestral land so that the family property would be preserved. Naomi explained that on a particular night, Boaz would be at the threshing floor and would sleep there that night. She told me to wash myself, use a fragrant perfume and put on my best garment. Then, when he was asleep, I was to uncover his feet and lie down near his feet. She said that Boaz would tell me what to do next. I did exactly as Naomi said. I was feeling just a little nervous and very excited at the same time, for I felt a whole new future was opening up before me. That night, Boaz told me he would fulfil the role of relative redeemer for me. However, Another man was an even closer relative than he was. Boaz would discuss this issue with him. If that man fulfilled this role, then that was how it was meant to be. If he chose not to, then Boaz would do it. I was secretly hoping that Boaz would be the one. I left it all in God's hands as I had come to trust him in my life. 
The way things worked out must have been in God's plan. The nearer relative declined to fulfill the role of relative redeemer. Boaz entered into this covenant before the elders of the city. To seal the covenant, the other relative gave Boaz one of his sandals, confirming that he agreed to the arrangement. Boaz then told the elders that they were witnesses that he had bought the land that had belonged to Elimelech, and through him what would have become Marlins and Chileans. More than that, this covenant meant that Boaz would marry the young woman from Moab to have children by her, and in so doing, the names of those who had died would be continued. So we were married. My joy was full, for not only did I have a kind and caring man as my husband, my future was no longer uncertain but secure. What more could I wish for? We named our baby Obed. God's blessing was upon me as I lived to see his son Jesse and my grandson David. My name is Ruth. You've been listening to God's Favoured Shepherds, a book with 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters. If you have any comments or questions or to obtain a copy of this book, give us a call within Australia on 2 4973 3456 or send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au We'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.